ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد So we know the statement of Al-Imam Al-Barbahari rahimahullah ta'ala وَأَقِلَّ مِنَ النَّظَرِ فِي النُّجُومِ إِلَّا بِمَا تَسْتَعِينُ بِهِ عَلَى مَوَاقِيتِ الصَّلَاةِ وَالْهَ عَمَّا سِوَى ذَلِكَ فَإِنَّهُ يَدْعُوا إِلَى زَنْدَقَةِ He says, look into the stars only sparingly, just enough for you to know the times of prayer. Turn away from other than that, since it leads to apostasy. As Shaykh Rabia says regarding this particular point, هَذِهِ مِنْ جُمْلَةِ الْوَصَايَا أَلَّتِي أَوْسَى بِهَا الْإِمَامُ الْبَرْبَهَارِ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ That this is one of the advices that Al-Imam Al-Barbahari gave. وَقَبْلَهَا أَوْسَى بِتَقْوَى اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلِ Because just prior to this, in the previous points, he had mentioned, advised everyone to have the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to fulfill the obligations and stay away from the prohibitions. And he had advised that everybody return to the original affair to the origin, to the fundamentals, to the principles. And he had advised to stay away from the trials and tribulations, the fitna which occurs, the killing which occurs, the fighting which occurs, to stay away from those affairs and not to participate in them whatsoever. وَالْفِتَنَ الَّتِي تَحْصُلُ بَيْنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ And these occurrences, these fitan, which occur between the Muslims, to stay away from them, the fighting that occurs and the affairs which occur. وَيَحْصُلُ مِنْ ذَلِكَ فَسَادٌ عَرِيضٌ مِنْ إِزْهَاقِ النُّفُوسِ وَانْتِهَاكِ الْأَعْرَاضِ وَالْأَمْوَالِ Because within this killing and fighting, then there occurs much evil and corruption, and the blood of the people is spilt, and the honor of the people is taken, and their wealth is taken. So all of this corruption occurs in these types of situations, and therefore Al-Imam Al-Barbahari rahimahullah ta'ala advised and counseled the people to stay away from those affairs, and not to involve yourselves in those fitan, not to involve yourselves in that evil. Then he now advises with this other advice. That look into the stars sparingly. Just enough for you to know the times of prayer. And turn away from other than that. Since it leads to apostasy. 
Meaning that looking into the stars, looking into the stars and the affair and the sciences of the stars, then it is permissible to a degree. And what is permissible is, as the Shaykh mentions here, Al-Jaiz huwa ilmu tasyir Yusammunahu ilmu tasyir Ma'rifatu sayrin nujum. فَيُسْتَعَانُ بِذَلِكَ عَلَى مَعْرِفَةِ أَوْقَاتِ الصَّلَاةِ بِزَوَالِ الشَّمْسِ وَبِغُرُوبِهَا وَبِطُلُوعِ الْكَوَاكِبِ وَيُهْتَدَى بِهَا إِلَى الْقِبْلَةِ وَمِنْهُ مَعْرِفَةُ الْفُصُولِ وَمَوَاصِمُ الزِّرَاعَةِ يَعْرِفُونَ بِهِ مَنْ الَّذِي يَصْلُحُ فِي هَذَا الْوَقْتِ وَمَنْ الَّذِي لَا يَصْلُحُ فَهَذِهِ أُمُورٌ يَحْتَاجُ إِلَيْهِ الْبَشَرُ وَهِيَ جَائِزَةٌ So looking at the stars and the movement of the stars and the sun and these types of affairs, there are certain things which are not allowed, like star signs. People look at the stars and the star constellations and the movements to derive star signs. And they start writing about what's going to happen to you and what's not going to happen to you. All of that type of affair is haram and impermissible. Or when the people think, that the stars and the constellations and the way that the moon and the stars they move, it has an impact upon the decree of this earth. It has an impact on what occurs upon this earth. These types of affairs are false. But what is allowed is to look at the stars and how the stars they move, etc. The sun, how it rises and sets. In order to establish, for example, the times of the prayer, the times of the prayer are established via that, the movement of the sun, the rising, the setting of the sun, etc. Also, from the way that the stars they are, sometimes you can tell the directions. Like the sailors, they use the stars to find out which direction is north, which direction is south. That is permissible too. And also... People who have experience with these affairs, the way that the stars are or certain types of the uh, movements or the vision of them, it can tell you the seasons and it can tell you when the appropriate time to do the agriculture is and when it is not. That is simply the seasons of the year and looking into the stars etc. to determine the seasons of the year, that type of thing is permissible. What is not permissible is when they start writing these star signs or they start believing that the stars have an impact upon the rainfall or the stars have an impact upon the worldly events. That type of thing is impermissible. And these stars, for example, it has been mentioned in the hadith. It has been mentioned in a hadith that the stars have been placed there for three reasons. That the stars have been placed for three reasons. One of them, as we just said now, to use as guidance. To find out where the north is, to find out where the south is, to direct yourselves. And that is mentioned in the Qur'an. يَهْتَدُونَ In Surah An-Nahl, ayah number 16. Surah An-Nahl, ayah number 16, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that they are signs, the star, that they guide themselves via. They guide themselves via that star, those stars. 
So with the stars, you can tell the direction north, south, east, west, so you know where you are heading. That is one thing. Another thing is that they have been created as a beautification for the skies. As a beautification for the skies. Allah mentioned in the Quran in Surah Al-Safat, ayah number 6, that indeed we have beautified the sky of the earth with the beautification of the stars. So those stars that you see, another one of their uh, reasons is beautification of the sky. A third reason which is mentioned regarding the stars is that they are رُجُومًا لِلشَّيَاطِينَ Like it is mentioned in Surah Tabarak, ayah number 5. رُجُومًا لِلشَّيَاطِينَ That they are missiles against the shayateen. And that is mentioned in regards to the shayateen and how they steal or attempt to steal information from the heavens. They attempt to steal information from the heavens. It is mentioned how the shayateen of the jinn, they climb on top of each other's backs. They climb on top of each other's backs, one on top of the next, until they reach the heavens. And then the one at the top, he attempts to listen in eavesdrop within the heavens to see what the angels are saying, to try to steal some information. So when that is occurring, it is mentioned the shooting stars are sent at them. This column of the jinn, the shayateen of the jinn, one on top of the other, the shooting stars are sent to knock them down. And it's mentioned on occasion, the shooting star may hit them before they are able to pass on the information they've heard. And sometimes they manage to pass it on. And the next one passes it on to the next one. The next one passes it on to the next one. Until it gets right down to the bottom, the lowest one in the chain. He then runs with that information and takes it to the magicians. Takes it to the sorcerers. Takes it to the fortune tellers. Then they will use that piece of information which is truth. It has been eavesdropped from the heavens. They will mix that truthful piece of information along with multiple, multiple lies. And they will misguide the people with all of those lies of theirs. But that one truth which they mention in amongst it, that's what the people will remember afterwards. They will say, do you not remember he told us such and such and that's exactly what happened. Because that was the one truth. So as a consequence of that one truth, they are misled and misguided with multiple lies. So sometimes they are able to pass on that information before the star hits them. And on other occasions, they are hit by the shooting star before they pass on the information. So the stars have been mentioned with those three. Qatada, rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned, Khalaqallahu hadihin nujuma li thalath. Allah has created these stars for three reasons. جَعَلَهَا زِينَةً لِلسَّمَاءِ He has made them as a beautification of the skies. وَرُجُومًا لِلشَّيَاطِينَ And as missiles against those shayateen. 
وَعَلَامَاتْ يُهْتَدَ بِهَا And as signs that guidance can be taken from them, the directions can be known from them. فَمَنْ تَأَوَّلَ فِيهَا بِغَيْرِ ذَلِكَ أَخْطَأَ وَأَضَاعَ نَصِيبَهُ وَتَكَلَّفَ مَا لَا عِلْمَ لَهُ بِهِ So whomsoever tries to interpret anything over and above those three, then he has made an error and he has become misguided and he has lost his portion and he has burdened himself with that which he has no knowledge of. Whomsoever tries to interpret into the stars more than those three things, that they are a beautification for the skies. They are signs for guidance, for the directions. And that they are the pellets, the missiles for the shayateen. Anybody who tries to interpret over and above that, these star signs, these constellations, your future, all of these things that people, they talk about, that is misguidance, that is error, indeed it is shirk. So, Imam al-Barbahari makes that point here. He says, only look into the stars sparingly. The sun as it moves across the day for the times of the prayers, the, the stars for direction and for guidance, these types of things are permissible. But over and above these types of things that are mentioned, Al-Imam al-Barbahari says, then do not look into the stars beyond that. Do not fall into those types of people who go and read their star signs and those types of affairs. That is from the haram and from the impermissible regarding the stars. So, إِلَّا بِمَا تَسْتَعِينُ بِهِ عَلَى مَوَاقِيتِ Except for that which you can use from the movement of the sun, etc. to tell the times of the prayers. And turn away from anything more than that over and above that because it will lead to apostasy. نعم يقول شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية رحمه الله في الفلاسفة إنهم يفنون أعمارهم في معرفة سير الكواكب لأن ذلك يساعدهم على الشرك والسحر يستعينون بذلك على سحر والشرك والعياذ بالله شيخ الإسلام ابن تيمية said that indeed the philosophers the philosophers they spend their whole lives examining and researching into the stars into these stars, into these planets, they spend their whole lives researching into them. Because these, or this type of research of theirs, it aids them upon their shirk and upon their magic and upon the evil that they do. So Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned how these philosophers, they spend their lives examining these stars and the uh, different types of affairs of the stars and the planets. And this is something which causes them even more upon their shirk and upon their magic. فَلَا يَأْخُذُ مِنْهُ الْإِنسَانُ إِلَّا عِلْمَ مَا أَبَاحَهُ اللَّهِ So no person is to take anything over and above from the stars except what has been mentioned here, what Allah has made permissible for us. وَهُوَ مَا يَحْتَاجُ إِلَيْهِ النَّاسِ And that is what the people require. We're required to look at the movement of the sun, for example, to work out the times of the prayers. You can look at the stars to work out the directions. These types of affairs are permissible. Whatever is 
وكفى أنه شرك وصحة. As for the other affairs, all of this other type of science that they have with the stars and the planets and these things that they study, then it is not permissible to study those affairs. It is not permissible to get involved in those types of affairs and to learn that type of knowledge. It is not permissible to do so. Because that is from the affairs of shirk that they fall into after that, it leads them on to, and from the affairs of magic. فَالنَّاظِرُ فِي النُّجُومِ يَقُولَ الَّذِي يَتَزَوَّجُ فِي الْوَقْتِ الْفُلَانِ يَحْسُلُ لَهُ كَذَا So some of these philosophers, they begin to say, that whomsoever gets married at a particular constellation of the stars when they are moving in a particular way, then that person will have good luck or this will happen to him, that will happen to him. وَالَّذِي يُسَافِرُ فِي الْوَقْتِ الْفُلَانِ يَحْسُلُ لَهُ كَذَا And whomsoever travels, goes out on a journey, when the constellation of the stars is such and such, then this will happen to him, that will happen to him. This is what the philosophers, they say. And... They start to say, whoever was born in a particular constellation, then this will happen, that will happen. These star signs that they talk about now, Sagittarius and this and that, and all the different signs. This is not permissible. It is haram to be engaged in that, to talk about that, to read those star signs. And if you read Kitab al-Tawheed, there is some chapters that particularly talk about this affair. Then after that, Al-Imam Al-Barbahari goes on to say, وَإِيَّاكَ وَالنَّظَرَ فِي الْكَلَامِ وَالْجُلُوسَ إِلَىٰ أَصْحَابِ الْكَلَامِ Beware of looking into theological rhetoric. These philosophers and the type of speech that they have, these people of deviance and misguidance, don't look into their theology and into their philosophy and into all of the ideas and do not sit with them with these types of people. The Shaykh says, Shaykh Rabi'a, Hafidahullah, Al-Kalam Falsafah, Ma'khudun min falsafat al-Yunan, Al-Dalla al-Shirkiyya. So this type of philosophy, and these types of people, they learnt it from the Greeks, the Greek philosophers, and all of the different gods they used to have, and all of the different sciences they used to make about the stars and the planets, and it means this and it means that. This philosophy, it was taken from the Greeks. Or oh, that is one of the sources of it. So here, Imam al-Barbahari warns against getting involved in that type of philosophy. And learning about those affairs. Or sitting with the people of those affairs who are involved in that philosophy. And will spread that philosophy of the Greeks and such to you. A philosophy built upon shirk. Spreading shirk. Multiple gods and deities that they used to worship. All types of false philosophy. So that's one of the sources of this. Because those people did not acknowledge Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they didn't know what the messengers came with. So they relied upon their misguided intellects. The likes of those Greeks, the philosophers, they relied upon their misguided intellects and they began to speak about the affairs of the unseen. And they began to speak about the names and attributes of Allah, some of these misguided individuals. So that in the end leads to 
the rejection of the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kama hasala lil mutakallimin min al-jahmiyya wal-mu'tazila wal-rawafid wa asnaf al-mutakallimin just like this is something which is known from the groups of deviation like the jahmiyya and the mu'tazila the rafida they began to reject the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they began to reject the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they delved into the same type of philosophy that the Greeks were upon. They rejected, negated the attributes of Allah. وَأَنْكَرُوا كَثِيرًا مِنَ الْعَقَائِدِ بِسَبَبِ هَذِهِ الْفَلْسَفَةِ and they ended up rejecting much of the correct aqidah because of this philosophy of this. وَلِهَذَا حَذَّرَ أَئِمَّةُ الْإِسْلَامِ بِالْإِجْمَاعِ مِنْ عِلْمِ الْكَلَامُ أَنَّهُ حَرَامُ And that is why the great scholars of Islam, all of them by consensus, warned against learning this type of philosophy or studying or reading into this type of philosophy. It is haram to do so. Because of the pure shirk that it is built upon. Sheikh Rabia goes on to mention that all of the four Imams, it is narrated about them Al Imam Abu Hanifa, Al Imam Malik, Al Imam Shafi'i, Al Imam Ahmad, Rahimahumullah Ta'ala. All of them warned against this philosophy and this type of speech. And warned against getting involved in it or studying it or reading it. Because it is a means to misguidance, no doubt. So it is not permissible for us to study those types of things at all. To get involved in Greek theology. To get involved in Greek ideology, philosophy and everything which results from that, from those types of philosophies. It is not permissible for us to read and to study and to learn those types of affairs. We have no need for it. The Shaykh says, لَسْنَا بِحَاجَةٍ إِلَيْهِ We have no need for that. فَإِنَّ هَذِهِ الْأُمُورِ الَّتِي يَتَكَلَّمُونَ فِيهَا وَيَخُضُونَ فِيهَا فِي الْأُمُورِ الْغَيْبِيَّةِ وَفِي أَسْمَاءِ اللَّهِ وَصِفَاتِهِ قَدْ كَفَانَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ فِي كِتَابِهِ وَفِي سُنَّةِ رَسُولِهِ فَنَحْنُ فِي غِنَى عَنْ هَذَا الضَّلَالِ about the names and attributes of Allah and other affairs, we don't need to read their philosophy and their misguided theology regarding this affair. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already informed us regarding His names and attributes in the Qur'an, and that is sufficient for us. In the Qur'an and in the Sunnah, Allah has already informed us regarding His names and attributes. We do not need to go to the philosophers and their misguided theologies. وَلَمَّا لَمْ يَقْنَعُوا بِكِتَابِ اللَّهِ وَبِسُنَّةِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ وَقَعُوا فِي الضَّلَالِ But when these people, because they did not become convinced with the Qur'an and the Sunnah, they then ended up falling into misguidance. وَقَعُوا فِي تَعْطِيلِ الْأَسْمَاءِ وَالصِّفَاتِ They ended up rejecting, negating the names and attributes of Allah. وَجَرَّهُمْ ذَلِكَ إِلَى الْحَادِ إِلَى الْقَوْلِ بِالْحُلُولِ وَوَحْدِ الْوُجُودِ and so as a consequence, that led them to the most misguided of positions and statements, into absolute deviancy, distortion, 
to the extent that they began to say statements regarding al-hulul and wahdatul wujud meaning they began to say that Allah and the creation are all one entity Allah is within us and we are within Allah they began to say everything is one entity they began to say and these types of affairs of misguidance are clear to see their misguidance وَلَمَّا لَمْ يَقْنَعُوا بِكِتَابِ اللَّهِ نَعَمْ لَيْسُوا كُلُّهُمْ يَقُولُونَ ذَلِكَ لَكِنْ هُمْ قَطْعًا ضُلَّالِ مَعْتَزِلَ خَوَارِجْ أَشْعْرِيَّ وَلُّوا فِي بَابِ الْأَسْمَاءِ وَالصِّفَاتِ So not all of the philosophers will say that, but no doubt they are misguided. No doubt they are misguided. The Mu'tazila, the Khawarij, the Ash'ariyyah, they all became misguided when it comes to the names and attributes of Allah. لَكِنْ هَذَا الْعِلْمِ وَهَذَا التَّعْطِيلِ الَّذِي مِنْهُ إِنْكَارِ عُلُوِ اللَّهِ وَإِنْكَارِ اسْتِوَائِهِ عَلَى عَرْشِهِ so all of this rejection that they fell into regarding the names and attributes of Allah to such an extent that they rejected Allah is above the Most High. And they began to say He is everywhere within us. And they began to reject that Allah is above His throne. And they began to say instead that Allah is everywhere جَرَّ كَثِيرًا مِنَ الْمَلَاحِدَ أَصُوفِيَّ إِلَى الْقَوْلِ بِالْحُلُولِ وَوَحْدَةِ الْوُجُودِ Many of the Sufis and their likes fell into this philosophy, fell into this false theology, and they began to say that Allah and the creation are all and one, the same entity and unit, that Allah is within creation, creation is within Allah. They began to make all of these Misguided statements. Al-Hulul, that is a belief of some of these misguided individuals when they believe Allah is entered into a person, is within a person. They believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has entered into certain people and is within and part of certain people or has entered into and is within a certain place. And as for wihdatul wujud, it is that they believe Allah and the creation are all united into one entity. They are all united into one entity. So they say when you see the trees, you see the stones, you see the plants, you see the animals, you see the stars, you see the sky, you see the earth. All of that is in unison, united, in one entity with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is all of those things, and all of those things are Allah. It's one entity, they say. And that is clear misguidance. فَهَذَا الْنَعَمْ لِهَذَا لِمَعْرِفَةِ السَّلَفِ بِضَلَالِ هَذَا الْعِلْمُ أَهْلِهِ حَرَّمُوهُ وَكَانُوا يَحْذِرُونَ مِنْهُ أَشَدَّ التَّحْذِيرِ So because the Salaf they knew exactly how much misguidance this type of false theology, this type of philosophy it causes, they commanded the people and warned them against getting involved in that philosophy and learning that theology. 
يقول الإمام الشافعي رحمه الله تعالى لأن ألقى الله بكل ذنب ما عدا الشرك أحب إلي من أن ألقاه بعلم الكلام That if I should meet Allah with every sin All types of sins apart from shirk Every other type of sin if I had done it If I had all of that apart from shirk That is more beloved to me than I meet Allah And I am involved in this false theology and philosophy Better that I have done all of the other sins apart from shirk Than to get involved in this philosophy and false theology Because this philosophy and false theology It will lead you to kufr It will lead you to shirk Whereas sinning That is an affair lighter than this يعني لو يلقى الله بكل بكل الذنوب ما عدا الشرك أهون عند شافعي من أن يلقاه بعلم الكلام لأنه ضلال خبيث وكبير وعريض يجر إلى الإلحاد والعياذ بالله كما أسلفنا. So all of the other sins they would not be as severe as being involved in this false philosophy and theology because this will lead to kufr. And it will lead to disbelief. لهذا حذر منه المصنف بقوله. That's why the author warned against that by saying, وإياك والنظر في الكلام. Be warned from looking into the affairs of this theology and philosophy and the likes. Don't read their books. Don't sit with them. والجلوس إلى أصحاب الكلام. Do not sit with these people of this type of rhetoric, of this type of speech, of this type of philosophy. فَلَا تَنْظُرْ فِي كُتُبِهِمْ وَلَا تُجَالِسْهُمْ So do not look into their books and do not sit with them. فَإِنَّهُمْ شَرٌ خَطِيرٌ Indeed, they are a dangerous evil. وَهُمْ أَحَقُّ النَّاسِ بِقَوْلِ نَمْسَ سَلَّمْ مَثَلُ الْجَلِيسِ الصَّالِحِ وَالْجَلِيسِ السُّوْءِ كحامل المسك ونافخ الكير فحامل المسك إما أن يخذيك يحذيك وإما أن تبتاع منه وإما أن تجد منه ريحا طيبة ونافخ الكير إما أن يحرق ثيابك وإما أن تجد ريحا خبيثا This is as the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said that the example of a good companion and the example of an evil companion is. What is the example of a good companion and what is the example of a bad companion? The example of a good companion is a companion who carries musk, fragrances. And the example of a bad companion is the example of a blacksmith. This is the parable, an example given to understand. As for the one who carries the fragrances, if you accompany that type of person, then you will benefit. Either he will give you some fragrance, or just being around him and his fragrances, it will rub off on you, so you will smell nice too. So you benefit from having a companion who is carrying fragrances and involved in fragrances. Whereas a blacksmith, if that was your companion, then you would come away with evil smells, bad smells from the smell of the heat and the burning and the metal and all of the other affairs that they are involved with in blacksmiths and from the dirt and the pollution. 
So you would come away not having benefited at all. And this is the example that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned here regarding the good companion and the bad companion. With the blacksmith, you do not benefit. Your clothes may be burnt. You may be dirtied by that uh, skill of his in blacksmith. Uh, you turn around and you come away with an evil smell from that. So this is an example given to highlight the goodness and righteousness of having good companions as opposed to bad companions. Because with the good companion, the one who sells the fragrance as the example here, just to highlight what this means, the good companion you will benefit from him, it will rub off on you. A person you accompany is a person of the sunnah. So he practices the sunnah and he speaks of the sunnah. Then you by accompanying him, it will rub off on you and you will learn new hadith, you will learn to practice the sunnah properly. That will be from the benefits. As for the evil companionship, the likes of the people of innovation, the rafida, the khawarij, the mu'tazila, the sufiya, and all of these misguided groups. If you accompany them, if you accompany them, then they will only call you to misguidance and they will call you to evil. And whomsoever sits with them, they will burn you. Just like when accompanying the blacksmith into his workplace, you may be burnt. Or even if you are not burnt, then some other evil will afflict you from their evil. And that is why the Prophet ﷺ warned against them. And it is even mentioned in the ayah in the Qur'an, a meaning similar to this, to not accompany those people of evil. The ayah in Surah Al-An'am, ayah number 68. الَّذِينَ يَخُوضُونَ فِي آيَاتِنَا فَأَعْرِضْ عَنْهُمْ حَتَّى يَخُوضُوا فِي حَدِيثٍ غَيْرِهِ That if you see those who are disputing and delving into this, these ayat of ours, misinterpreting, arguing, disputing, mentioning uh, false interpretations of our ayat, then turn away from them. Turn away from them until they speak of a different affair. So this is an indication not to sit with the people of evil, an indication not to accompany the people of evil. فَأَهْلُ الْبِدَعِ يَخُوضُونَ فِي كِتَابِ اللَّهِ وَفِي آيَاتِ اللَّهِ بِأَهْوَائِهِمْ وَضَلَالَاتِهِمْ وَأَبَاطِيلِهِمْ So the people of innovation, no doubt this is what they do. They delve into and they dispute and argue and falsely interpret and abuse the ahadith and the ayat for their own false purposes, for their own misguidances. So, فَلَا تُجَالِسُمْ Do not sit with them. Do not sit with the likes of the people of deviation. وَيَتَتَبَّعُونَ الْمُتَشَابِهَاتِ And because those people of deviation, they follow the ambiguous affairs. They follow the ambiguous affairs. As Allah mentioned in the Quran, فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ زَيْغَ As for those who have some misguidance and desire in their heart, فَيَتَّبِعُونَ مَا تَشَابَهَ مِنْهُ بِتِغَاءَ الْفِتْنَةِ وَبِتِغَاءَ تَأْوِيلَةِ then they follow that which is ambiguous, desiring fitna and desiring their own interpretation. And nobody knows its interpretation except Allah. The Prophet ﷺ recited this ayah and then said, 
That if you see the people who follow the ambiguous affairs, then know they are the ones who Allah has mentioned in this ayah, so be warned from them. Be warned from those who come with the ambiguous affairs. And this is the way of the people of deviation. The people of deviation, they will bring to you some hadith, they will bring to you an ayah, and they will interpret those ayat and those ahadith as they see fit for their own desires. And maybe because that narration, if you do not understand the context of it, you may think that their interpretation is correct. Because it may be ambiguous to you, otherwise you don't understand the context of it. So they purposely take it out of the context. And show it to you by itself individually with their own interpretation to make it look correct. But we've been told in the Quran, in the Sunnah, that in those types of instances to understand those evidences, you must return them back to the muhkamat. Return them back to the clearly established unambiguous evidences. Because when you put them into context, then everything will become clear. You will understand what this particular ayah means, what this particular hadith means, what this particular evidence shows. You will only understand once you put it into the correct context of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. As for taking it out of context, independently, separately, by itself, giving your own interpretation, then they deceive the people by doing that. The people are not aware of the context of it. So they see this interpretation and they consider it to be correct. So here the Prophet ﷺ said, those who take these ambiguous affairs, they are the ones with the misguidance in their hearts, so be warned from them. As for the people of the Sunnah, we return the affair back to the clear evidences. If anything is ambiguous, we return it back to the evidences that are clear cut and they are not ambiguous in order to understand all of the other evidences in the right context to come to the correct conclusion. Then the Shaykh goes on to mention, what about some people, they say to you that, Ana urid an uslihahum, urid ansahuhum. He said, some people they say, I want to uh, rectify them, I want to advise them, that's why I'm accompanying these people of deviation. I'm going to give them da'wah. I'm going to rectify and I'm going to correct their affairs. But the Shaykh says, how many people out there though, have made this type of statement? That I'm only accompanying these people to advise them, to bring them back to the truth, to rectify them. How many of the people, they come to you with this type of speech and you see them stray away from Salafiyya as a consequence? They may have been upon understanding and recognition of how this religion is, understanding of the Qur'an and the Sunnah and the methodology of the Salaf of this Ummah. But when they go and accompany those people of deviation, slowly but surely, bit by bit, their hearts are corrupted, their hearts are polluted. And so the Shaykh said, how many people have we seen? They used to be on the upright pathway, but when they began to go and accompany the people of deviation, under this guise of giving da'wah to them, 
under this pretense of giving da'wah and rectification of them, that in the end, you find many, many of them ended up falling into that misguidance themselves. So it is not correct to go and accompany the people of deviation to make their companionship close to you. That is not the correct way. That is not the way of the Salaf. Rather, they used to distance themselves from the people of deviation. It is mentioned regarding Ibn Sirin that when two people came to him from the people of misguidance and deviation, and they wanted to talk to him, and he said, No, I will not listen to anything from you. They said to him, Okay, at least let us just recite some Qur'an then. Listen to us recite Qur'an to you. He said to them, No, either you get up and leave, or I will get up and leave. Not even the Qur'an. I do not even want to hear you recite the Qur'an. So when they left, they got up and left then. The companions of Abu Hurairah, they said to him, when those people, they came and they wanted to recite hadith and those affairs to you and you said, no, we understand that. Because they may uh, bring to you some narrations that are not correct or misinterpreted or various things of misguidance, that's possible. But then when they said to you, let's just recite the Qur'an to you, you still said, no, not even the Qur'an, how come? Why not the Qur'an? They want to recite the Qur'an, the Qur'an is the Qur'an. Even if they are people of deviation. Then Abu Hurairah said, no, not even the Qur'an from them. Because I fear, due to them being people of misguidance, who is to say? They may alter or they may distort something from the recitation and it may fall into my heart and I may not be able to exit it. Like it's mentioned from the people of deviation, how they alter the recitation of certain parts, like كَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا or rather, إِسْتَوَى عَلَى الْأَرْشِ they say, إِسْتَوْلَى عَلَى الْأَرْشِ to change the meanings of aqeedah regarding Allah being above the throne, or regarding Allah having spoken to Musa السلام, they change the ayat and distort them. So he said, how do I know? Maybe they will deviate something from their recitation and it falls into my heart. And even if not, then as the scholars have mentioned today, listening to reciters who are from the people that are not upon the way of Salafiyyah, listening to reciters who are not upon Salafiyyah, they are Ikhwanis or whatever else they may be, then it is not suitable. Because a person's heart becomes attached to those reciters. That particular reciter may be an ikhwani, for example. He recites beautifully, so a person listens to him, and his heart becomes attached to him, listens to him all the time, on his phone, in his car, everywhere. Then that ikhwani, what if he comes along one day, he might be the imam of a mosque, he might be somebody with some station or authority, he comes out and makes some statement about going and doing demonstrations. Now your heart is attached to him. Whether you like it or not, your heart has an emotional response to him because of the attachment and the beauty of his recitation you had. And so that can impact upon you. So the scholars, they say, even when it comes to reciters, you should attempt to listen to the reciters who are known for Salafiyyah. 
known to be upon the correct and upright methodology. And not just listen to reciters because they are beautiful and maybe they could be from the worst of the people of innovation, some of them. So this is something mentioned by the scholars to be careful even with regards to that affair. And that is something you see from the Salaf themselves, from Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu. Then after that, Al-Imam Al-Barbahari mentions, وَعَلَيْكَ بِالْآثَارِ وَأَهْلَ الْآثَارِ وَإِيَّاهُمْ فَاسْأَلْ وَمَعَهُمْ فَاجْلِسْ وَمِنْهُمْ فَاقْتَبِسْ He says, stick to the narrations and the people of narrations. Ask them, sit with them and take from them. عَلَيْكَ بِالْآثَارِ وَأَهْلِ الْآثَارِ Upon you is to stick to the narrations and the people of the narrations, i.e. the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam. And the people of the Sunnah, the people of the Sunnah, the narrators, the scholars, Ahl Hadith, Ahl the Salafiyun, Qala Allah, Qala Rasulullah, the ones who narrate to you, the scholars, the people of knowledge, their knowledge which is built upon the Quran and the Sunnah, not upon their desires or philosophy or theology, or false theology, those are the scholars that you stick to. Those are the scholars that you stick to. Those are the scholars that you take your knowledge from. Scholars of Quran and Sunnah. Scholars of the methodology of the Salaf of this Ummah. And not the false individuals out there claiming to be scholars. And they give you fatawa of the most dangerous and misguided affairs. Fatawa of the most dangerous and misguided nature. Rather you stick and cling to the scholars. as salafiyun فَالَّذِي يَتْرُكُ الْآثَارِ وَيَذْهَبُ إِلَى عِلْمِ الْكَلَامِ وَالْعُلُومِ الْأُخْرَى وَإِلَى السَّيَاسَاتِ الْجَاهِلِيَةِ الضَّالَّةِ كَمَا هُوَ الشَّأْنُ الْآنِ فِي الْأَحْزَابِ الْمُنْحَرِفَةِ الْقَائِمَ عَلَى فِكْرِ الْخَوَارِجِ وَغَيْرِهِمْ فَهَذَا اتَّبَعَ هَوَاهُ وَمَنْ أَضَلُّ مِمَّنِ اتَّبَعَ هَوَاهُ بِغَيْرِ هُدًا مِنَ اللَّهِ So as for the people who leave the narrations and the people of the narrations the scholars of the sunnah and instead they go to the philosophers and they go to the theologists and to these politicians and their likes, then those people are misguided and they end up misguided. They end up upon the way of the khawarij and their methodology and other than that. So those types of people are following their desires. And Allah said in the Quran, who is more misguided than the one who follows his desires and leaves the guidance of Allah? So the one who seeks guidance from other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no doubt he will be misguided. He will not find guidance in other than Allah, if he seeks guidance in the false sources. So then Imam al-Barbahari says, وَإِيَّاهُمْ فَاسْأَلْ وَمَعَهُمْ فَاجْلِسْ وَمِنْهُمْ فَاقْتَبِسْ Those are the ones, the scholars of the sunnah, as-salafiyyuna, they are the ones you ask, they are the ones you sit with, and they are the ones you take from. Just as Allah told us in the Quran, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask the people of knowledge if you do not know. Regarding the religion, regarding guidance, regarding your mannerisms, regarding all types of the affairs, take your knowledge and your understanding from the firmly grounded scholars. The scholars who are وَرَثَةُ anbiya, the inheritors of the prophets, Inheritors of the knowledge of the prophets that they left behind. 
That is what is required of a person. وَارِثُ الْأَنْبِيَاهُمْ أَهْلُ السُنَّةِ وَأَهْلُ الْحَقِّ The inheritors of the prophets, they are أَهْلُ السُنَّةِ The people of the truth. الْعُلَمَاء وَرَثَةُ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ The scholars are the inheritors of the prophets. And what did they inherit? They did not inherit logic and philosophy and theology. Rather, they inherited not even money. They inherited knowledge. That knowledge is what was left behind by the prophets and the messengers. And the scholars are the ones who have inherited that knowledge from them. So cling on to the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah. From the time of the Salaf to our day now, their books are still here. Look at this now, the book of Al-Imam Al-Barbahari. Centuries and centuries later, we are still reading it and studying it. These are the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah that you cling to. Not to the false and misguided those individuals who falsely claim themselves as scholars and they are charlatans. They are people of misguidance, claiming to be scholars and they are not. Giving fatawa of the most misguided nature, the likes of Yusuf al-Qaradawi and these people now, they are not telling you the correct fatawa. They have been refuted, as Sheikh Fawzan refuted him, other scholars refuted him for his misguided fatawa. All these people out there now, Al-Maghrib Institute, calling themselves scholars. They themselves are the scholars now. They don't need scholars. They say they will produce their own scholars. So do not fall into this type of misguidance. Cling on to the firmly grounded scholars of Ahl-Sunnah. And that is what Imam Al-Barbahari is telling us from centuries ago. So that is the point that we'll conclude upon today. And the next week, inshaAllah, We'll carry on with the next point, which is وَعَلَمْ أَنَّهُ مَا عُبِدَ اللَّهِ بِمِثْلِ الْخَوْفِ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَطَرِيقُ الْخَوْفِ وَالْحِزْنِ وَالشَّفَقَاتِ وَالْحَيَاءِ مِنَ اللَّهِ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى Regarding fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Regarding the issue of fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We'll begin with that topic next week, which will be straight after the Maghrib prayer next week, inshaAllah. Straight after the Maghrib prayer next week, inshaAllah. We'll begin that lecture. وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين.